Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the podcast series where we talk about what is evolving in FSC and what projects we're doing in FSC. Today, we're going to see, or more specifically, we are going to talk about the timber that's being used in the marine industry and how we might improve which timber is being used through collaboration and partnerships across sectors and organizations. Timber has been used on oceans for hundreds of years, but there's a challenge. We've only used very few species, and teak in particular, and we haven't been very good at demanding a sustainable origin of these species. And as a result, they're now facing extinction and we must find new solutions, sustainable solutions. This will require innovation, collaboration, and new partnerships. That's the topic of today's episode, where I'm joined by real experts in their field. Olaf van Tunen from Frenstein Roundwood, who specialize in marine panels. Friso Cooperus from Pure Vision, who's an agent and importer of tropical timber, and who also specialize in investment coordinations and business development. Tymon Henneke, who's a project officer focusing on tropical timber at FSE Netherlands, and Gao Ya, who's a value chain development manager at FSE International. So let's get the boat on the water. Hi, Tymon, and welcome. Let's start by setting the scene. You're working with timber in the marine industry, and as far as I know, most boats aren't made from that much timber. So why is it so important that we work with the origin of timber in the marine industry? Hi, Loa. Thank you, and uh, great to be here. Yes, you're right. Timber is not the biggest part of the ship, but interesting thing about this industry, first, it's a signal industry. And that is because the shipbuilding industry is well known for all its technical developments and it's used the highest quality of materials. And not to forget that the customers eventually are some of the most influential people in the world. And that means that this is an industry that's also being followed by others. You can take an example of the flooring industry, but maybe also some other forms of design. And that's also, and knowing examples of the past in, in, in shipbuilding industry and in, in, in issues with sourcing, is that it's so important to set the, the right example and see how we can make an impact from there. Okay. So I know that you're working with trying to find alternatives for the timber species used and innovations within the industry. Why is it so important that we move there? Why is it not enough that we just inspire this industry to, to ask for certified timber and then that's it, like it is in many other industries? Yes. The shipbuilding industry uh, has been heavily dependent on a particular supply chain that uh, has not been functioning well for uh, quite a while. If we uh, want to ensure ourselves of, of a sustainable supply for future generations, I think there's a need for a different mindset here. And of course, I'm talking about Teak from Myanmar. And when I talk to people from the industry, they always tell me that there is just not a, a technical alternative for Teak from this region. And they might be right. We know that teak that comes from out of Myanmar, it, it has some very unique technical capabilities that in many other regions and or other timber species is quite unmatched. And problem only is that from that highly technical product that we like so much, we have a lot of social and environmental issues attached to it. And that's just something we cannot allow ourselves to use anymore. 
So what can we do else? We, we have to look to other regions. We have to look to other sources where we can still meet those technical, highly technical requirements that are needed to build a, a high quality deck. But in some cases, that, that means that we need technical solutions, but also we look to lead and look at sourcing. Olaf, I'd like to bring you in. You actually come from the industry. Your company builds exterior and interior fittings in timber for the shipbuilding industry. So I'm thinking that you might also have a thing or two to comment on this topic. Why is it so important that we find alternatives and find solutions to the timber used in the industry? Especially to find a solution for the yachting industry. That's very important in our opinion to find solutions to continue to use the natural resources wisely. If I'm correct, wood from natural resource has the right warmth for the interiors in the yachting industry. If you use the wisely the natural resources, there will be enough available for now and in the future for the yachting industry. And however, in dealing wisely with our natural resources is the area of tension in between. Is someone in a black area or gray area or legal area regarding purchasing the right timber for our industries? That's a question. So to exclude the black and gray area, we strongly support the use of FSC products in the yachting industry. So it sounds like you are saying we have these areas. That's just no-go because there's too high a risk attached to them. Yes. But you still want to maintain teak as far as I understand. So what have you done to find alternatives here? In the past, we did some importing. We used Burmese teak or Asian teak for the yacht-built industry. And the management of our company decides we stopped directly with importing wood from not controlled sources. And we switched over for FSC 100% certified teak from South or Mid-America. So they start the plantations uh, 25, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. How did you find these plantations? Yeah, that's honestly also a little bit of a funny story. The son of the owner of the company was working at the school project for his study. And during, if I'd say it uh, correctly, during his stage by another company, he gave me a phone call. He said, hey, I'm working here in uh, Bainvenier company for my study and I see some teak laying from South America. (laughs) I said, okay, that sounds interesting. So we go over there, that place. And uh, uh, meanwhile, was that teak FSC certified? So it has it our interest, and so we start to buy the first container. That was a surprise how good the wood was and almost close to the Asian teak. Oh, interesting. And it was already certified, or did you have to put in some like work? Uh, the, the plantation was already certified in FSC, but the yachting industry, as well, our company in the past had no interest to, to buy plantation teak because plantation teak had, had a little bit a negative name it's white growing rings not the right color not the right aesthetics etc etc but we discover if trees are older than 20 years old and we also tested on the durability etc that it has almost same statistics as asian teak so that makes a lot of lot more interesting for us so that's why we swift our mind (laughs) 180 degrees into plantation teak. What did it take to shift that mind? Was it just that you got the teak home and then it turned out, da da, it's fine? Or you... We already stopped with importing teak from Asia. Can you call it a little bit luck? The son of the owner was 
having a stage over there. And also, meanwhile, we met also Friso. Friso had some square edge samples in Teak, also from South America. That's also the reason that we set up by Friso continually FSC production of the plantation. Friso, it sounds like you're a guy who just walks around with wooden samples in your pocket, but I guess that's not the case. Could you just help us out a bit here? What is your role in establishing collaborations like this one and, and projects like this one? As it sounds, it's true. I am a passionate uh, boat, boatsman, yachtsman. I've been sailing on boats all my life and I have worked a lot in the financial industry, setting up new businesses around the world. And in one of my ventures, I uh, stumbled across plantations and in various sorts of, of materials. 25 years ago, plantations started to come up in, in South America, Middle America, even in the Far East Africa with materials like teak or mahogany, those kind of plantations. And, and they immediately saw the need, especially from an investment point of view, to do this sustainably, to either uh, repair old forests which had been annihilated for pastures or agricultural grounds and to re-establish a certain amount of forestry on them. Having said that, the dream, of course, from these kind of sources was always that they could develop high-quality woods for the furniture industry or for the maritime industry, for the yachting industry. Since I've always had a passion for, for everything that has to do with boats, I always was connected very well to the shipbuilding industry, especially in the Netherlands. And that's how I got involved with some colleagues of Olaf from the Van Stein Company, who I always kept a close relationship with to talk about boats, to talk about boat building, to sail around the lakes. But also, in the end of the day, when the ban on Far Eastern non-FSC products came, came enforced, because the ban was already uh, there a long time, but the ban enforcement, the law enforcement on really not importing those, those materials and non-FSC materials anymore, came more strongly enforced since the years 2021. And, and in that sense, we got one plus one is three. And as Olaf said, that was a shot in the rows. In the English language, I would call it, it was a bullseye and a great partnership evolved out of it. So that's basically how it went. Mm-hmm. And how does this particular partnership then work? What is it that makes it great? The particular partnership is that we have very close ties between the source companies, so the plantations, the trading companies that deliver us the, the wood, and that we as an agency import. And in partnership with, with Von Stein, we roll uh, this material out into the yachting industry and adjacent industries such as uh, the furniture industry. And now we're not talking about huge quantities yet because it's all in the, it's all in the development phase, but it is, it's certainly a head turner on every fair where we go to. We just came from the Monaco Yacht Show. We go to Dusseldorf. We go to many other fairs, which are dedicated to the yachting industry and the furniture industry. And when you see how many people are still rather reluctant, but still want to, but have a very open ear to what we have to say. And you can imagine that there is a, there's a big development going on. Mm-hmm. Why is it a head turner? Because there's nothing else. It's very difficult to say, but there's been a lot of experimentation with alternatives. For example, deck wood as teak. They have done thermo-treated wood. There have been imitational plastics used, but nothing for the deck wood has the specifics, the characteristics that teak has. And if you cannot source it anymore because of 
legal constraints and, of course, also moral issues. If Even if there were no legal constraints, you should consider not getting it because this material is coming from, for, from natural forests. If you and from regimes which are highly uh, dodgy, as we say. Mm-hmm. So if you would not consider that, then you're almost immoral. And therefore, there is only other one alternative, or there's many alternatives, but the best alternative is the wood from sustainable sources that gets replanted, that gets heavily scrutinized on, on the legality of it. And then you are using it in the right way. And that's why it's a head turner, because nobody has it, because it's very new. And there's only a, a very few plantations in the world which have stock of older uh, trees that are suitable for this kind of product. Mm-hmm. How old is the plantation? In South America, there's a few plantations that are older than 50 years, but they are small. And then there is a lot of plantations that have erupted from the 90s, and that's continuing to grow, that the the whole basis of teak or or whatever wood plantations are continuing to grow because there's a lot of investment going on in that scene as well. There's a lot of institutional investments, a lot of pension funds, a lot of big financial corporations that uh, put long-term money in that kind of venture. The grown teak, which from, for example, the Far East is sourced at 80 years or 100 years, the usable stock that, that we now use for von Stein is around 20 to 25 years. And that's a very acceptable material to, to work with. Mm-hmm. That's quite interesting. How many of these plantations are then FSC certified? Is it only the one that you're working with? There's many, especially plantations which have been funded uh, by institutional investment. These plantations almost all have to be because otherwise institutional investors won't go for it. What is the challenge then of these plantations in terms of, is the, is your role to link them with the market in Europe or how does that work? They are very well capable in doing that themselves, but we are in a very serious niche market in the in the market that von Stein services. They, they cater to the super yacht or mid yacht industry. And, and that's a very hard business to, to get into if you own farmland in, in, in another part of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's why. Olaf, if I then get back to you, how important is it for you and for your customers that this is actually FSC certified? That's for us and for our customers the most important thing, that everything is traceable, is legal, it's all, all controlled, wood by FSC. And as Friso said, the wood is more than acceptable for using in the yacht industry. So FSC is playing a very important role in our cooper- in our collaboration. As said, the plantation is certified, we are certified, we are certified. And to keep the whole chains closed, even Friso is FSC certified. Mm-hmm. And also together with Timon, we already done some carpenters in the shipbuilding industry are certified. Deck installer is FSC certified. So we set up a complete chain and we keep the chain closed to work all together to introduce yeah, this fantastic teak from South America. And even in veneer, we also slicing veneers from the older locks, older than 25 years old. And that's also FSC yeah, certified. This, yeah, That's why it's so important uh, for us at the moment. It's a complete new business. We set also Van Stein Green Teak and we 
we would like to make it a very big brand in the industry and to convenience all our customers and yacht builders to to start using yeah this material and avoiding wood from not controlled countries mm-hmm. how much do you collaborate with fsc as an organization when you're trying to roll this into the market and i cooperate a lot with timon in this subject as explained timon and myself went to some uh, big yacht builders deck installers teak deck installers and carpenters who making the interiors for the boats or some exterior works and together with time and his help thank you timon for that we convenience uh, the customers to to also uh, be a member of of fsc and even FSC Netherlands has a part of the boat will be certified. It's also possible through FSC Netherlands mm-hmm. to set up. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a project certification, Tyron. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, we have been uh, <laughs> discussing this a lot with different stakeholders in the market. And of course, when you work with supply chains that are not completely developed for the yachting industry, sea certification is quite new. We see that this, in, in many cases, it's necessary to take to help the last companies in the supply chain, in the chain of custody, as we call it, with uh, the last steps in uh, chain of custody certification. But one of the solutions for shipyards that FSC offers is that when your supply chain is not completely ready to have everything uh, certified, you can look at the project as, as a whole and see, okay, how much of it is, are we currently able to certify and can we get a claim on this? And it is actually facilitates a shipyard to get into this concept of sustainable sourcing and to have them a stepwise approach to a higher level of certification in the overall project. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. It sounds like you're convening companies and really trying to move them along and remove bottlenecks. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, of course. And th- this is also why this collaboration with Von Stein has uh, been so interesting, uh, because it's not only them setting uh, an example for their own industry and trying to move them, but Von Stein has been so open with us to uh, actually uh, invite us into their network uh, to have conversation about how FSC can actually be a solution to their sustainable sourcing issues. And those conversations actually have led to to the actual value chain work that we we really like to do. And that is convincing those last steps in the supply chain because they, there are a lot of solutions already available. Yes, the yachting industry has been leading for too long on, on, on Burmese teak. However, if you look at the ship as a whole, it's not just the teak, teak decking that, that, that can be certified. We are also talking about construction timber. We're also talking about marine battling. And when, when a shipyard, for instance, wants to show their dedication towards sustainable sourcing or has a customer that finds it very important that the timber that goes into their ship is not contributing to deforestation or forest degradation, then it's actually possible to have a third party to check it for you. But those last steps in the supply chain, and that's where the bottlenecks currently are not always yet developed. Like the decking installment organizations, they have not gained their certification. And that's also that's shown this, that this collaboration has been so productive, is that we have the first FSC certified decking installment organizations right now that, that allow the first shipyards to actually start with building ships with timber that actually comes out of uh, FSC certified forests. 
How do you manage to get them certified? It starts with their own commitment. When a, a organization actually chooses for themselves to start with FSC certification, then of course we go into the whole certification process. But it, it, it always starts with if they f- see value in, in choosing for a product that meets those standards and that they see the value in using FSC to actually comply with for a certain legislation, for instance, in Europe, which is becoming more and more important. But becoming FSC certified is not just something that you really easily do. And that's where we come come in, in useful for them. So we can guide them uh, at least in the first steps towards the, the full certification. So you've been a bit of a guide and I, I'm sure that Olaf and Van Stein has also been part of that, trying to convince them and moving them along. So now you have success and you have one of them that is being certified. Where does all of this value chain development work become more difficult? What are the things that we find really difficult in in solving at the moment? Maybe I can just uh, step in for one second because this is a very important observation that from our part, uh, I think Olaf agrees, is that when you hear FSC as a company with its hands in the wood and being working day and night with your hands on making a beautiful product, you think, okay, please spare me the paperwork, please spare me all of this. The ghost of FSC, the ghost of the tax, the ghost of the police, the ghost of this, the ghost of that. It's all a fear-driven, not knowing what's happening when you enter that world. But it's actually very friendly. And that's what people should understand. And it's also something that I think FSC has to bring forward, is that it's not scary to become FSC certified. It can go very quick if you have your paperwork in order and your company in order, which you, oh, most of these companies are completely 100% aligned. And after they've done it, they're actually very happy. Thank you for that. We are friendly people as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So beyond making it easy for companies like Frizos to actually get certified, where is it difficult, time and Where are the things that's difficult for you to move? When we look at the, the shipbuilding industry, we see a lot of sustainable commitments in yearly reports. We see companies getting more vocal about the fact that they want to build the most sustainable ship in the world. And however, at this point, we, we don't see this translated through their sourcing policies, for instance. That's the whole challenge that I see, is that we are still looking for the larger names or the first real companies to actually set that example, but also share their experience with the rest of the market to follow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd actually, now I'd like to bring you in. Because you, first and foremost, thank you for waiting so insanely patiently while the rest of us talk. But Timon just touched upon something that I think is quite important. We have very big companies who are making commitments, but it doesn't translate into their value change actually getting certified. And since you've joined, you tried to establish a new way of working with tropical timber across Europe and across FSC. Can you tell us a bit more about what it is that you're doing in this, what we call the Center of Excellence on Tropical Timber and how we're trying to translate these ambitions into actual certification of forest areas? First of all, thank you, Noah, for setting the stage for us to have this dialogue. Uh, yes, I joined uh, as International as Value Chain Development Manager for WUC. That means that tropical timber is an important part of my role because it is a high priority for FSC. And also tropical timber, tropical forest is also very important for the uh, entire international forest governance. 
community. So since I joined, I did try to scale up the efforts that FS International put into tropical timber value chain development. But I think from day one, the approach that I think is right is to for me to understand what is being implemented in the FSC network. Understanding the logic and the thinking behind all the work, locate expertise and intelligence, and also uh, trying to understand the lessons learned and synergies and also gaps which are to be closed. I think uh, having this exposure to the FSC ongoing projects across the globe make me realize that we are already active in the geographies that we should and also generating impact. But what we need to do is to generate even more impact in the tropical forest belt by establishing a mechanism that allows to us to communicate and share resources, collaborate and more effectively and efficiently. And that is how the idea of establishing the center of excellence came to our mind. So the vision with the center of excellence is to create a place where FSC's international memory, knowledge and resources are stored and organized and shared in one place so that the FSC teams at the regional level and local level, they can be supported. So we're establishing one place where we have competencies, basically. And then you're tying that into the different national offices. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. Why is it important that we work in that way? Having all these competencies in one place and creating more from them is going to enable our team on the ground. And coming back to your question, what is important that we work in this way? It brings me to elaborating a bit on the gaps that we have seen in our current work and how we envision to close those gaps. First of all, the gap we see is that we should, uh, our work should be better and uh, guided by the understanding of tropical forest industry. Let's say tropical timber compared to softwood and the uh, temperate hardwood industry is a, is a less standardized and homogeneous product. So it's used in a very diverse portfolio of products that vary from country to country. And to close this gap, I think in FSC, we're working on mapping up the tropical timber value chain in other parts of the world other than Europe. And so this is the first gap understanding of the tropical forest industry's end use application. And I think the second gap is becoming more sensitive on differences. We have realized that we have not been guided our efforts enough by understanding of how the forest industry works and also the, the, the market intelligence and data and a careful examination of the, the cultural parameters that shape the, the production and the consumption patterns. We aim to enable this by joining our forces together under this uh, center of excellence. Hmm. Timon, I think you're the one here who has the most experience with working inside the center of excellence. Can you give us a, a tangible example of w- what is it that, that you do when you try to work in a different way? I think the most desirable outcome of a center of excellence is that we really improve the way FSC works and we become a lot more agile when we get a question about, let's take an example, there is this, this wholesaler, let's say an wholesaler that is specifically working with products for the construction sector. And they currently have some challenges in supply side and they would like to expand their scope, see if they can include new tropical timber species or see if they can include more timber species or maybe try to start sourcing from a different market. But they don't really know where to start with this. So let's say this wholesaler is based in France, but our colleagues in France, uh, FSC works locally and locally with 
often with small teams, they might not have the exact capacity or knowledge to help this organization. And that's the moment where we really want to switch quickly to the right person and see how we can connect those organizations to the right force eventually. And that's, that makes sure that, that we reach our goal as FSC and in a whole. And that's one of the important roles that we fulfill is actually connecting those markets. And hopefully that will eventually lead to the more FSC certified forests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty tangible that we have local teams that has somebody that they can pull in, ask, can you help us out here? And that centralized team has a lot of knowledge about what is possible, connecting the companies, connecting them directly to Forest, and then hopefully getting Forest certified in the end. Olaf, does this make sense to you as a company, as a commercial partner? Do you see any benefits of us using in these kind of centralized hubs or national hubs, or do you see any pitfalls? From a commercial point of view or from a company point of view, how would you like us to work? Yes, I think that will be very welcome and very profitable to share a lot of information where the tropical team came from if, regarding also the FSC certifications. But my experience is, is as well is sometimes, I mean that positive, probably is FSC thinking further than the market is. If I try to explain FSC is already two steps further in, in processing the whole situation. Sample the timber industry who's still working with the same sources, the same species of wood. For example, if you're talking about mahogany, you can buy FSC certified mahogany or you can buy non-FSC. For new species, which are FSC certified, to introduce that and to get all the information about the species and from the countries. Also, the information for the, from the country of origins. It's very cool to have one hub who can share all this information, mm-hmm. the technical information, information about the FSC certification or how it is FSC certified. I think it's very difficult to introduce a new species of timber. What the customer doesn't know yet, what are the characteristics of the wood, the durability of the wood, etc., etc., to share a lot of information from a central hub, that would be okay. But I think to make it practice she needs to work hard locally to promote the products in a more simple way. So it's fine to have a centralized team of people who knows a lot, but it still has to be communicated in a local way, in a local language. Yes, especially for the new species of wood, which are FSC certified. Mm-hmm. What about you, Frisa? Would it make sense for you? if we work more in, in this way or would it make your life easier? If you look at, uh, more from above, like a helicopter view, it's of course very welcoming that what is normally seen as a controlling, certifying uh, body of rules and regulations, it turns into something, if what you call it the center of excellence, I would call it the center of knowledge or a center of people meeting each other where you can take out a bit this bureaucratic uh, feeling that a lot of people have with not only FSC, but there's like many other organizations in the world that put rules and regulations in place, of course, for the better good of the environment and of the world as a whole. But a lot of people, especially in business, trying to make money, trying to get by, see this as, as a necessary evil, more or less. And that's what I already mentioned before, is not at all the case. It's actually a very good system. And therefore, I fully support the idea of expanding your reach out to give this kind of 
extra information push, whatever you want to call it, motivation, interaction, networking, and by a center of excellence that you are that you are creating at the moment. So it's very good. It's and I actually I'm doing it. I'm doing it with my with my certifier. Every time I don't understand something, I just give him a call. Mm-hmm. And then when he says, okay, this is gonna take some time, okay, then I pay something extra. But most <laughs> of the time he just tells me what to do and how to do it and is happy that I call because at the audits afterwards it becomes all much easier. Mm-hmm. Of course, it becomes easier for him if you've done it correctly the first time. Olaf, is there anything that you would like to see us do more when looking at us from the outside? Mainly is the focus on FSC on the big commodities in the international timber trade. Mm-hmm. And now is the focus on a niche market, the yacht built industry. But I think uh, not only for the yachting industry, I think there are much more other industries you can have your focus on as FSC. Oh yeah, time and does these suggestions resonate with you? Is, is this the direction that we're looking into? Focusing on smaller niche markets to move things along, really trying to expand and collaborate and have this whole sense of collaboration across value change? I think we have a common understanding on the, on the role of a center of excellence. And I think something that I really like to emphasize is that through this center of excellence, we would like to increase the supply of a uh, certified tropical timber to the market because there's already a high recognition of the, the value of FSC timber on the market in the in end use sector. And we need to, we need to get some volume to supply this demand. On the other hand, actually something to clarify is that we are creating a center of excellence for tropical forest mm-hmm. instead of tropical timber. So we're in FSC as an organization, we are trying to shifting our angle of looking at the, looking at everything. So if, if we look at the thing from the lens of the industry, we, we see timber, right? But we are for stewardship council. We want to um, ensure that the forest resources is utilized in a sustainable way. So when we look from the angle of the forest, then we, we see that timber is one product that is provided by the forest and we want to use it sustainably for the industry. But then ecosystem services and also the role that the tropical forests provide for the local communities, those are to be recognized, developing innovative solutions for the recognition of the ecosystem services. And we are trying to promote it along the tropical timber value chain. That the potential sponsors for the ecosystem services provided by the tropical forest are located in the tropical timber value chain. In the past, we have been working at the operational level on the, in a very tangible way, but now we are thinking big and we are having some very philosophical dialogue between ourselves and with others. When we talk about tropical forest, it's a typical governance issue. So the whole paradigm for the governance of tropical forest is changing at the policymaking level and also in the academia. So we, we need to adapt to that. And what I found very interesting here is the outside view from Friso and his notion that if you look at FSC as a sort of certifying organization, that it can look like a quite bureaucratic thing and that we only exist in the world to ensure that others follow the rules. However, and I think this is also the thing that, that the center of excellence will allow us to do that job better is how could we connect those markets better? Instead of only setting the rules, how can we actually help organizations to comply with those rules? This is something that we already do more and more also on the forest level with smallholder forest and community forest. However, I think we also do have a role with with local industries who actually are interested to do more with sustainable timber. And that, that can 
be done with niche markets, maybe should be done more with niche markets because they don't have so much experience in this whole certification role. We are also working here in Europe with a lot of small organizations who not always have the capacity to start with FSC certification. And maybe that's something we can show more of ourselves uh, because we actually do this. We do, we do have some services and we do have local offices that in, in such a way we, we think globally, yes, we have to ensure that sustainable forest management is something that, that is, is the rule. It's not the exception. But on a local level, if companies are actually willing to take those steps, that we have our services in place and that we have our, our people in place to to help them direct them in, in, in getting certified, but also find the right market. That is something which, again, is very interesting because for a lot of people, FSC is like a rule enforcement company certification. You're in that corner of image. And what you're now saying is we want to help people develop. We want to help people connect. Now, that's something which is music to everybody's ears. Maybe you're already doing it, because if I see how you work with Olaf, it's like that. Looking to connect instead of looking to just rule people or tell people how to do the rules. Mm -hmm. I think that is exactly the spirit of what we're trying to do here. So we're running out of time. And I always like to end my podcasts on a notion of aspiration and outlook. So let's try and do that before I let you all go. And you all entered into this conversation to talk about partnerships, to talk about collaboration. If you look three years ahead, what do you hope to have been able to change in the world with the partnership that you have? Gaia, I'm going to start with you. I hope that in three years, a truly functioning FSA International Tropical Forest Alliance could be formed through the Center of Excellence. And the work of the Center of Excellence is better guided by industry knowledge, market intelligence and social economical analysis and the way we approach our work is more from the angle of tropical forests. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's not a small wish. <laughs> but let's say that we get there. Tymon, what do you hope that your work have, have resulted in three years' time? I would like to specifically reflect on the work that I've been doing together with Olaf and with Van Stein because we have been putting a lot of work and effort into convincing shipyards and convincing Decking installment organizations to actually start with FSC certifications. And with this, actually, Olaf uh, became one of our ambassadors in this whole industry. But as I, I mentioned before, what is our biggest challenge is when are we going to reach this tipping point where we are not just with the leaders in the industry talking, but when those examples have been set and we've reached that tip, uh, tipping point that the larger group of organization is actually accepting this as general practice. Mm -hmm. That's also a good dream for three years ahead. Let's hope they, they reach their tipping point and they take that tipping point into other industries as well. Frizo, what about you? What do you hope? I'll just I put with my both feet on the ground or on the dock, as we say, when I go over a boat show, especially with expensive ships, I, can, I still only see decks made out of tropical hardwoods from the Far East. And it's not all uncertified, but that those are older ships. They have all been decked in under the old rules and regulations. And when I look three, four, five, six years ahead, I really hope not only for our own business, but for all the other businesses that those decks and those timber materials that they are used, that they're all coming from FSC sources and that this yacht certification becomes even more 
global for many other industries to follow in that business. Olaf, you get to be the last one. What do you hope to have achieved? What I'd really do hoping is uh, to convenience uh, much more of our customers to be FSC certified or to work with the FSC project certification. That's what I really do hope. And as what Friso say also said is over th- about three years that we're walking at, for example, in uh, Monaco Boat Show and much more FSC certified products into the boats, the deckings or more FSC products in the interior, other wood panels, etc. And what I really do hope is that FSC certification is accessible for the hand workers, eh? the people who often working with the hand, the people who's using the wood and the timber daily. Uh, the smaller industry, the niche market industry is very accessible to become FSC certified. That's it. Thank you to Olaf, Friso, Taiman and Gaoya for making me a bit wiser about the yarding industry and the timber species they're using and how industry collaboration might lead to innovation and why we need more of these kind of collaborations. Let's hope that their big dreams come true. That in three years time, all of the yarding industry will be certified and that it's coming for everyone, all of the companies in the sector, large or small, to request and use FSC. Because while the yarding industry might be a niche sector, it does have a history of sourcing from some of the most vulnerable forests in the world and we need that to change. Let's also hope that Gaoya's aspiration comes true, that we will have launched a common platform to ensure certification of more tropical forests because in the end, that's what we're here for, to safeguard the forests of this world. Remember to subscribe to Forest of the Future if you want to get notified about new episodes where we dive into other innovations within FSC and the world of certification and sustainable forest management. You can also always get in touch with me on podcast at fsc.org. I am Laura Worm, and this was Forest for the Future.